Hey everyone, welcome to Print and Ship It, episode 13, the podcast that talks games and making games. My name is Chris from Madison, Wisconsin. And of course, with me as always from the state that invented water skiing and the Twin Cities, Adam. Adam, how's it going, man? Uh, Good to be here, man. Water skiing, that's pretty phenomenal. 1922. I, I don't know why. I guess that's probably when boats got good enough to go fast. A steamboat in the water skis. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's probably that's probably the exact reason. How are you doing, man? How are you? Good, good. I'm just coming off the Thanksgiving um, turkey coma. Yeah. But, um, Me too. Getting back, back in the you groove. Know, I, I always, I don't overeat for Thanksgiving. In the U.S., right, Thanksgiving is this big, like, family-oriented holiday. You get together with your families, you binge eat a bunch of stuff, and then you feel terrible <laughs> next week. You're like, weekend trying to you know exercise and work it up well i i i just didn't do it this year and i feel great so i did do it and i don't feel okay good as long as you (laughs) as long as you prep up for it you know you know what you're getting into it's it's all mental preparedness you know you just got to be like you know what i will have that second um scoop of stuff i'm probably no problem i'm probably in the minority because i i host a meetup group on mondays and tuesdays it was this monday and mm-hmm. nobody showed up we usually get like 10 people so uh because everyone sleeping. was tryptophaned up i was gonna say the tryptophan <laughs> tryptophan got him um well well it's a bummer that you didn't get to play tonight but um is there anything else you've yeah been um so this is actually a digital game it's called deep rock galactica and i haven't put a lot of time into it yet but i want to sh- share the premise because mm-hmm. i think the premise is very novel so you start out e- e- as a as a miner um in space and you are being sent to uh mine some goods uh in on a mission okay and mm-hmm. you the mission ends when you um, mine enough of one type of good or two types of goods and then you need to make it back to your space pod and then the mission's over well pretty easy right except you, to mine these goods you have to you know traverse through the cavern you have to sometimes go through walls mm-hmm. you have to dig down you have to dig up um, you have to find the minerals and so it's kind of like terraria in that you have to find the right minerals but it's three-dimensional. So you're, a sense of discovery. sense of discovery. You're looking okay. all over the place, right? So, you you know, like sometimes the minerals are above you. Sometimes they're below you. Sometimes they're laden with, with enemies. And sometimes uh, um, the enemies will, will just like start randomly swarming you. And and it's kind of like a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a, um, I don't want to say tower defense, but like the wave type of game, you know, yeah. where like you just sit there and sure, kill a sure. bunch of creeps and mobs coming at you. But then you're also trying to do this. Yeah. Things. What are those called? Those wave based games? Um, I don't know. Um, Horde mode, yeah. Like horde mode. And what's really interesting is they sure. integrated now the ammo mechanic and the health mechanic into mining as well. So if you're low on ammo or low on mm-hmm. health, you have to go find the right, you know, materials to mine to then continue to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to get eaten a lot. Oh, interesting. So I really, really love that that mining mechanic. Um, it feels a little frantic, you know, getting out of there. We barely got out on time. We died the first mission, so we've only played maybe two hours and beat yep. one mission. And I'm looking forward to trying it more. And this was a two-player um i guess it was cooperative uh but it, it plays it multiple plays players four, right? like yeah. it's four and each player okay. is a different cool I'll, I'll different type out. of hero so you can um be the gunner or the miner or whatever it is sorry we got the dog walking through the room shaking the it dog out. in yeah, the background that's Annie. so what have you been playing man um i played a couple games this weekend but i know we're trying to limit what we talk about and i think one that is took way too long to get to the table that i'm really um, excited about is um, King Domino. So obviously, I think everyone knows about King Domino at this point. Very popular game. Um, 
one a spiel de Yaris or whatever right. last year. So um, very popular, but um, this was the version from Target, which is ex- like quote unquote exclusive version. Yeah, it has the tower, which added, a, yeah, added a couple, yeah, at a tower. Does the base game not come not, with the tower? It's just like a um, box of tiles. Oh man, dude, the tower it makes like I'm like wow, this game is amazing. So it, I mean, all it is is a, literally a, a box that holds all the pieces and it feeds them out of the bottom. But very very clever addition to that game i mean me not knowing any different i was like oh this is amazing now knowing i'm like oh that's it's a big bonus um but yeah i mean it's just such a simple pure game it's like flip these cards pick which one you mean players pick which ones they want and then you pick the really good one you're gonna have likely have a less lesser choice um you're gonna have last choice on the next round very simple easy to teach plays like Um, dominoes right and i think just like yep the simplicity of it just blows me away it's just like you just pick one of these things and then that shows you the order. So it's like, oh, okay, there's four tiles in a row. If you pick the top one, um, it's usually a weaker scoring tile, but you get first pick on the next set of tiles. So it's this kind of interesting push and pull. Um, I think I tied for third okay. out of four. Or tied for, so I was pretty pumped on the first go around. Um, but overall, really interesting, cool, clever um, game. And I think it's, um, I mean, at the price it is, I think, right? I mean, obviously, um, for over this last holiday, there's a lot of sales. I think I saw it for like 10 bucks. It was 10 bucks today, pretty yeah. crazy. I mean, for 10 bucks, you can't go yeah. wrong. I I played that one with, you know, with um, the meetup with my parents, with my wife. And, and everyone mm-hmm. has um, liked it a little bit differently, but it, but for the most part, it has come away um, liking the game quite a bit. Now, yeah, it's like the, if you like Carcassonne, this is like, the like you know how like Carcassonne is like hey if you want any people into gaming Carcassonne's a good game I think this is takes that I think game so to too place. it's probably like, and it's shorter I mean it's like you know it's what is it 10 15 yeah. minutes boom yeah like like my parents aren't huge into gaming but I think my dad would enjoy playing this game yeah so I'm gonna get that in, in the two player game you can play up to a five by five grid or a seven by seven grid I would strongly recommend you play the seven by seven it is that much more strategic and interesting um, and then I've also heard of people mm-hmm. mixing giant king domino sets with small king domino sets and having a massive oh, like sure. table spread so something something That's to really think funny. about uh doing if you if you get a little bit crazy i'll have to check out that giant one it does sound fun awesome. um so yeah so that brings us to our next section um pitches right so we have a pitch this pitch. week um yeah this p- pitch comes in from tessa um she has a different email last name in the email than she did on her, the YouTube video she sent. So we're just going to leave it at Tessa, um, but we'll le- leave a link to the video. But I think the audio of this is still a really great pitch. Um, any any other thoughts, Adam, before we uh, listen? Just, th- you know, thanks for sending it in and um, looking forward to hearing your pitch. Cool. Let's take a listen. If you've ever wanted to be a villain, then this game is for you. In Book of Villainy, you play one of six villains, each with their own unique ability. It's a highly interactive game where you compete against other players to collect pages of evil deeds. You play on a randomized board where each tile has an effect activated any time a player lands on it. You'll be racing around the grid, avoiding obstacles placed by other villains while doing your best to sabotage their every move. At the same time, You'll need to earn evil deed cards by pulling some villainous acts of your own, such as trapping rival villains, destroying the city, 
dueling to claim territory, and building diabolical inventions, which give you even more abilities to take advantage of during the game. Book of Villainy fits 2 to 4 players, ages 12 and up, with a runtime between 60 and 90 minutes. It's easy to learn and fun to play. The villain with the most evil deeds wins. And once again, that was Tessa with Book of Villainy. Thanks again for sending that in. Um, Adam, your first thoughts. Um, yeah, I I thought the pitch was was pretty uh, pretty simple to understand, pretty well thought out. Um, a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things going on, and we we have an advantage because we we watched the video. We'll link that in the show notes. Um, but I, I would recommend just you know taking a peek at at the video uh, to, if you want to hear more about the game. Book of Villainy is a neat theme. Villains are villains are kind of in. Um, yep. Yeah, playing the bad guys a a fun it's, thing it's to a do, fun right? Thing, thing to do. Um, the one the one little thing I actually had to listen to this three times offline to pick this up, but um, I didn't quite realize and understand how uh, the game progressed forward, and I wanted to na- uh, isolate on this one right away. So I I think in that pitch, I would really focus on um, isolating down to one sentence on how the game progresses forward. And, and the one thing that I, I would focus in on is that you destroy tiles uh, around the city as you play the game and as you move around. So like your choices of where you go, you have less options, and then you're going to probably have more duels because of that. I think that's really cool visually. And I think like destroying buildings and city blocks is kind of a fun thing to do. Um, so make sure that you uh, accentuate that a little bit more on your pitch. Yeah, I think um, the pitch is awesome. I think it explains what you're doing, why you're doing it, um, and the hook, right? I think the hook is like, oh, you are trying to get these evil deeds, and these evil deeds are going to kind of give you a reputation as being a uh, the bad person, right? So Or a villain. So I think... Um, you have all the mechanics. I think realistically, I think you, when you pitch this, you pitch it in a way that is, um, it grabs people. It grabs like what's happening, what you're doing. Um, I think the video, like Adam said, kind of gives us a little leg up on that, but even just listening to the audio on the second pass, I just kind of closed my eyes and listened to it. And I think I, um, still understand if I had just listened to that, I understand like what you're going for with this game. Um, my biggest thing with it is since villains are in right now, um, as soon as I saw this, I was worried that it's the game was going to be very close to that um, relatively popular new game called Villainous, um, the Disney game. So not that I would shy you away from using villains um, or the theme of villains. I just would say like, okay, that's a very stiff competition right now because that game is in pretty much every big box store. And I mean, I, I think that's just because it has the Disney name on it. But from what you have, and um, I, I also noticed that there's a how to play video on your YouTube um, page that this seems to like be a, a different game. So you just have to make sure that you're working hard to pitch it past that, I don't say that barrier, but that additional hurdle that was going to be out there because of that very popular game. Sure. Um, in terms of mechanics, uh, mechanics seemed pretty simple and straightforward. Um, moving around, taking effects based on the the tile. The tiles mm-hmm. are cool because you can uh, have a modular setup, and you know yep. that gives gives the illusion or the reality of a, you know more replayability, which is good. Um, and then collecting those deeds, I think, is going to be fun too because you know the deeds are um, and, and duels are, are ways that you know you can interact with other players. So I think you did say it's highly interactive. I would agree. This looks like it's a pretty highly interactive mm-hmm. game that 
kind of like a battle royale. Um, like the the options seem to close as you play, which I think is, is a good design decision if you want to continue to boost interactivity. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Um, the sense of like, oh, as you go to places, there are events that are going to happen, but you are also laying those traps and things like out there. Um, I'm from the pitch in the video. It looked like people can see the traps out there, but it, I, from what I gather, it kind of seems like it's a okay. I really want to get to this spot. I'm willing to take the like go through the trap to get there. Um, if and then if that is the case, I think that's a really interesting mechanic. It's like oh sure, I know there's a trap there, but I'm willing to risk it. And I always love a game that introduces sure. a, a sense of um, ah, let's go for it. It's worth it. Let's see what happens. Sure. And it might be it might be hidden information exactly. and what the trap actually is, but but visible as to it, there is a trap there, which which is cool. I I, I think um, one more thing I want to touch on is componentry. So um, the components didn't cards. seem too crazy, uh, which, which is always a good thing when you're looking at a publisher. Uh, you know, when you're working with a publisher, they're going to be attracted to a game that has less components and a lot of gameplay with with the components that you have. The one thing I will say though is that. You may want to come in with a viewpoint or a vision as to what, like, how do you imagine the pawn looking? Oh, sure. So right now you you have a, um, a a colored pawn. Do you do you envision that being a, a mini, mini a miniature a sculpt? Um, do you envision that being a standee? Do you envision that being a pawn? And so those three things I think lend themselves into different levels of theme and different you know yep. cost structures, all that whatever. Um, you. My guess, my guess is like you probably would be just fine doing a standee here if you wanted to really trick this game out and mm-hmm. make it, you know, above and beyond. You could potentially go after minis as well. And yeah, do, and do really um, well going back, I mean, along those lines, um, when I mentioned the game Villainous, um, I looked this up, looked up Villainous to kind of compare like what is what they're doing, and I think that's the thing you want to be doing with your game as well to make sure um, you're understanding what they're doing in their game. And on the side of standees. It's kind of interesting because they have like little pawns, but the pawns are sh- like they're abstract pawns that are relevant to the character, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like the Ursula sure. pawn sure. is like this bulb, but it has these tentacles coming out of the bottom. So you can like if you knew like if someone said, oh, this is that character, this is that. So something like that makes your character stand out and like like Adam said, using something for those pawns um, or what you currently have as pawns could totally elevate what this game looks like. Yeah. And, and that could be as simple as a wooden piece uh, as well. So yeah. um, it wouldn't have to be necessarily a plastic mini or a standee or, um, or a colored pawn. It could be a, like a colored, you know, wooden thing as well. Like a wooden, wooden, wooden shaped cuts are pretty cheap from a publisher standpoint. So um, that might be a great route to go. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, that's a huge point. Like you said, Adam, just trying to figure out, um, what level of components that you could go to a publisher and say, like, hey, if we did this, um, that might elevate this game. And sometimes when a publisher looks at a game, they they may not think of those upgrades or they may be looking at it and their wheels are spinning on like, oh, this is the game and this is what it works. But if you can come in and say, like, oh, here's my ideas on how to um, upsell this or this is how this sells, then that would be um, a leg up for sure. But yeah, Um maybe just poking two more comments in there two to four players is a good range um mm-hmm. you're curious how it goes to five i don't see any reason why it couldn't go to five maybe just a play time kind of thing um and then the other one was the tiles how, how many tiles do you have in the game um do you have you know 
let's say it's a five by five grid, you have 25 tiles in the game, or do you have 40 tiles in the game? Because you think that would add enough variability. So those are things that you're going to want to mention um, and, and think about to, to try to add that replayability. I mean, we see it naturally, but um, people are going to mm-hmm. ask about it. For sure. Uh, so once again, that was um, Tessa with Book of Villainy. Thanks again for sending in your pitch. Um, and if you are a designer looking to get your pitch out there, um, please feel free to send that in. Yeah, uh, send it to Adam at adamzeppelgames.com. Two minutes of audio uh, thereabouts is great. Otherwise, send what you got. We can usually uh, make it work. Yeah, if you send in a video like Tessa did, we'd be happy to um, show the audio. I mean, listen, I mean, play the audio and then uh, link to the video um, in our show notes. But Adam, that brings us to our topic for this week, which is something that's coming up um, very soon this weekend, at least for Madison. It's a proto spiel. Yeah. So our topic is how to proto spiel. So we've now been to, I don't know, for me, it's been now six or seven. I want to say, and for you, it's been maybe five or six. Three, yeah, three or four. Yeah, maybe it's been a Might few. Might be up yeah. closer to five. Um, but yeah, so I guess first, let's start off with like, what is a protospiel? Yeah, so so protospiel is uh, a place where game designers and play testers come to um, improve uh, work in progress games. Um, these might be games that are pretty much finished. They might be games that were just created last night or anything in between. Um, mm-hmm. I think what they what 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 the community does not want you to bring is a game that has been published or a game that like is is already being printed and you're just kind of waiting for it to come, come uh, you know come across the ocean or something. So it's it's really you're, you're going to see a lot a lot of different stuff here. Um, it can look as janky as you want. It can look um, it can look as polished as you want. Uh, and so there are advantages to both, but. That's kind of what Protospiel is. It's, it is, what, two to three days usually? And it, uh, yeah. it's like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. till like midnight. So it's a pretty long weekend of just cranking through a ton of prototypes and giving feedback and trying to improve these work-in-progress games. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, Protospiel is like a, at least it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say, well, they have an org.org. So I'll, I'll say they're an organization. Sure. Um, so if you go to protospiel.org, I mean, you can see all the locations they have in them. I mean, they're kind of all, I mean, um, I would say, is, are they globally? Um, but I mean, we're very l- lucky in the Midwest. There's a lot of them, um, but there's some in Atlanta, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston. Yep. It's expanding too. Indy, Lacrosse, Madison, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Omaha, and San Jose. So it, it keeps growing. So check it out, and maybe there's one in your area. But this is a really cool place that you can go if if you're a designer, or even if you're not a designer, you can go and play games and um, share. Or if you're uh, an aspiring designer. Yes. Go attend one of these and like play other people's games, see the level of work that they put into it and see if it's something that you you might be interested in. Yeah, that's a great point. All experience levels are welcome and just come with an open mind, come willing to learn, come willing to um, improve your game and also try to help improve others games. And I think you're going to have a great time. And realistically, bring some friends, Um, more people to play, the better, because there's so many games and. Um, there's a lot of people who bring games and it's kind of an interesting thing because sometimes the amount of people to play them is at a premium. So looking for players can be, um, the players are, I would say in, uh, I don't say less, but, um, in more demand than games to play. So out of everyone um, that I've been to, yes, I would agree. Um, I have yeah. heard of a protospiel, uh, where like play testers equal designers. 
and that you might have a different balance but for the most part usually it's like a two to one but like yeah the more, i would say it's about there the more testers the more everyone's games get gets played so yep. um yeah share the community i mean find people that like board games like like to try something new and just i mean you will find some new stuff there it's really interesting uh games that you'll play yeah and i think one of the biggest things to go into protospiel if you're a designer is to ask yourself what you're looking to get out of it okay um so that can that's a very open question i mean open statement right but um if you take your game to protospiel and you, i think you want to be aware of the state that it's in and try to try to figure out okay what am i trying to solve with this am i trying to get over a design hurdle am i trying to say is this done or not and try to see if people can break it or am i just trying to get general feedback or is there a particular mechanic that you're like okay i think this is good but does this make sense in my game right so when you take it there you're going to want to be trying to ask the right feedback that will i mean ask for feedback that will help you accomplish that goal of what you're trying to get out of it yeah you're gonna get it you're 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 going to learn as much from just watching people playing as you will Mm -hmm. from um you know getting that verbal feedback just like you always do when when you get playtesting um when you start playtesting games but i mean you you really can you know i I 100 agree like you can start a game there you you can literally design one there and 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 just say will will this game work does this end goal make sense we, you, we could even set up two rounds and play and then stop and say, okay, next game. Like, I, I learned what I wanted to learn. So just, yeah, make yep. sure you know what you want to learn going into it. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point. You don't have to, I mean, like, the games range from um, quick micro games to this is my two and a half hour epic. Mm. Um, and it's very plausible to, I mean, it's not, it's not always, it doesn't always make sense to say, okay, I'm going to get... 20 game plays in my two hour game like you know that's just not going to happen um i mean like, i guess if you stay for all four days in and out you might get that done but no, no yeah no. <laughs> like you really realistically like yeah it's okay to have people play a couple of rounds of your game and then go okay what did you learn from that and yeah. you should be able to learn a lot from it like just like even if people don't finish the game you should be looking okay this is the trajectory they were on with this game or this is how they were feeling about the game as for as much as they did play it so don't be afraid to call a game early for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, put this in kind of re- retrospective. Like last year I brought, um, I think I brought Swordcrafter. Swordcrafters was the main one that I brought there. Yep. And I mean, maybe Taproom Takeover too, but I, I don't think we actually get, got that to the table more than just. No, I don't think we played it. Uh, talking about it. Oh, we did have, we did have a, a skin of uh, Planet Unknown at some point. So yes. Yeah. Yep. So we had, so I had two prototypes. Um, I travel with uh, Ryan Lambert who had designed truck off for Adam's Apple games. And he had maybe three or four with him as well that he had been working on through the years. And so like, how many games should you bring to a protospiel? Should you bring 20 or should you bring two or one? Uh, I think that's a very interesting question because it, in my opinion, it depends on how long you plan to stay. Yeah. Right. Sure. So you guys, you guys come down from the twin cities to Madison and it's like a, it's an event, right? So it's a weekend. You're, you're putting, yeah, you're putting in the extra hours, the long hours. And I think it makes sense that you guys bring a decent amount of games because um, especially on the different states, right? Like if we have a game like Swordcrafters last year was pretty close to being where it needed to be at, right? So we didn't need to spend the whole weekend to go like, oh, okay, 
does this do exactly what we want? Yeah. Like there was a, like what we wanted to get out of it was getting in front of people, showing them that it might, this should work. And then trying to get any sort of last minute yeah. issues out of the you know, way. I, I and, actually think though, oh, um, on sword crafters, you know, looking back at that, we, we didn't get, get at the table more than like two or three times. And I, mm-hmm. I think we sh- we were maybe asking the wrong questions is like, like, do you, th- are you confident that this will work as a game? Because I, I think it was such an untested idea that maybe would we would have saw that, you know, component quality was such, such an important thing that we needed to nail. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting one though, because when, when you're at protospiel, like the expectation is that the component quality is, I don't think like non-existent, right. But like, it's typically pretty low. Right. And, and so people look at it's it kind from, of a designer, hard environment. from a designer standpoint a lot of times and not from a publisher standpoint too. So it's it's a little bit less yeah. of like, and I think the consumer actually like is maybe the most critical out, out of all of it. They'll say, no, this yep. is crap. Like I, I will not trust this or I will not play this. But, um, you know, in, if it's not good enough and, and I think that um, a designer is way more lenient. You're right. So that's, that's a fair point. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because um, I think the range of people that show up to these things are very interesting. Yep. Uh, I remember my very first proto spiel. I was very soured by a particular person okay. who <laughs> played That's my game bad. for thirty seconds and then said, "Like we were we were about to start and they barged in and said, I want to play this too.' I'm like, "Okay, right, cool, let's do it.'" And thirty seconds into the game, the guy go into my explanation. The guy goes, "There's nothing here. All you do are you have these two things." I'm like, "Well, okay." That's a very interesting uh, analysis of this. And uh, he played like half a round and like, oh, I think I'm done. I'm like, I think you're done too. <laughs> so, um, and, and like, I think that just kind of goes into um, having a thick yeah. skin. So what I learned from that was um, not everyone is going to like the type of games you like. And not everyone who sits down to play your game is going to understand your vision. And it's okay. And that's okay. Like it's, it makes sense. Like, um, I think the thing that got me through that was that a lot of other people did give me positive sure. feedback and did enjoy it. So I think if the whole week end of, of it was everyone like kind of crapping on it, I probably would have had um, a more understanding view of that person of decisions or thoughts. But I think it, it was a moment of like, okay, there are opinions and some of them don't make sense for what I'm going for. And that's okay. You know, and in, the, the reality is, is not everyone is the audience. And so almost like priming yep. the players. Um, here's what I'm going for, guys. This is a 15 minute filler. And like they're yes. not going to give you feedback saying that, oh, that this wasn't the crunchiest euro in the world. So I don't like yep. it. So I think almost like setting the tone for what kind of game you're going for. And does that meet expectations or does that delight yes. based on that explanation? Um, I think that's a big yep. part of having success at Protospiel and, and reading the audience and, and learning from them to see, you know, how how it actually does resonate with them. Yeah, because, I mean, this is when, this is like your best case scenario for your game, right? Because you are the person who made it. You can explain what's happening. You can set the story, set the expectations. Um, and you don't always get that, right? Like once the game's out in the world, someone just takes it home and sees oh, what yeah. happens. So I mean, you're there to teach um, it too, for the most part. Um, now, one thing I will say is I have seen a designer or two set up a blind play test. I'm actually going to be mm-hmm. um, bringing uh, our, our game, our newest, um, our next one up called uh, Thrive. Um, 
to mm-hmm. uh, Protospiel and, and just setting it out as almost like a blind playtest scenario where here's the rule book, it's on the table, um, two players make that very clear and then just like kind of keep an eye on it and see if, see if people play it. If they're playing it, kind of go walk up and just say, hey, I'm Adam, like, does, you know, publisher mm-hmm. of this game or designer of this game, whatever. Um, Marty is actually the designer. Um, but um, if you have any questions, let me know. But I don't want, I kind of don't want to know, I kind of don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to sour it, or you don't want to taint the the test. Just tell me if you have the questions, but um, I'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. going to be there to answer them if you if they come up. So just figure it out. I'm going to sit there as a plant, pretending I don't know how to play the game, and then the whole time just telling people, "Man, this game sucks, huh?" And then hoping they'll say, "No, it's actually really cool." And we have some artwork on it now, so I think it'll be a good test of like how does the artwork, um, you know, perform. and does it draw eyes? And I think that that's really important in a game is does the artwork draw eyes? So I think yep. we're like, we're at the point where we do have some, we definitely do have some things to test. We definitely are kind of at the blind play testing state. So I, I do think mm-hmm. it still is right for the protospiel market, but it is, it's almost, almost past its prime for the protospiel market. So. Well, yeah. And I think that's one really interesting thing. Cause like you said, protospiel is t- can be, um, I don't say what's the word um, crunchy in that there are like a huge range. You can have like just people with, I just got this piece of paper and I wrote this on this card. Um, and that's in like literally five minutes ago and here's my game. And that's totally awesome. But I think at the same time, you're going to try at, since it is a long event, having this like, Oh, Hey, this is like, here's some art and here's like a near product or a pretty close to finished game. Like yeah. is a little refreshing yeah. as well. So I think like if you're able to like just even even if you like the componentry of your game is completely handmade, like just trying to get like a box or a, a printout of what art looks like can um, really help paint the picture for people and kind of elevate yep. experiences. As um, well. So back to I, we skipped over this question a little bit, but how many games should you bring? I, in my opinion, it is sorry, it is one per day. So if you're going to be there for three days, you should be, you one should have day. three games. If you're going to be there for one day, you sure. should have one game or maybe two. But like the re- the reason is, is like if that one of those games train train wrecks, now you have backups um, and <laughs> it, it's not too many that you're trying to really stretch to get them all to the table. So you're, you're able to kind of mm-hmm. flow them to the table. Um, and one of the biggest things about Protospiel and um, people will learn this, but if they have not gone before, um, it takes a little bit to, to understand is reciprocation is a big deal. So if you uh, put in the time and play one, two, or three people, you know, other people's games, they will play yours. Um, so you, yep. if you're the person that just sets up on the table and just sits there the whole time, hoping people come over and play yours, you know, and but you don't reciprocate and don't play other people's games, like you're not going to have a great time. You're not going to meet a lot of people. You're not going to get the right people to play your games. To be honest, the designers... You're gonna be in for a lonely I mean, weekend. Getting play, getting play <laughs> testers is great. Getting designers is even a step better. So, how do you get a designer to play your game, or even a publisher to play your game? Is is you play theirs, and so like that is the this whole culture of reciprocation, um, very very um, important in the Protospiel network. Yeah, for sure, completely agree with that. Like, take the th- and, and and realistically, you like play if you make games, you probably like playing games already. Like get out there there's um ideas and thoughts and um it's a great way to share information and and like even like just seeing how other people build their prototypes is really interesting it's like oh 
what did you make this out of or how did you cut these cards because this is a lot of work or did you get these printed where did you get them printed how much did you spend on it like those are things that you can just like gain knowledge from other people who are doing the exact same thing you're yeah. doing and, and to be honest like we, we kind of walk around with our green shirts um as publishers but i i also do kind of like to fly under, under the radar and if if someone doesn't ask i don't say um because then mm-hmm. um i feel like the interactions are so much more true where if 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 somebody if a designer yeah. knows you're a publisher and you're a potential candidate for for making an offer or picking up their game, well, like that's really not the, what what Protospiel is about. So we really try to keep the focus on just playing and learning and and improving games. I feel like my interaction yeah. within that uh, within that scope of playing, learning, and improving games is so much more true. Um, where if you're a publisher at the table, people are like. So what do you think? What do you think? Do you want to sign this? What do you think? You know, it's like, that's not what I'm there for, yeah. really. I mean, if, if it's a great game, I'm going to talk to you after the show. But, you know, um, yeah. Yep. So you got to keep that in mind, too, and have a business card ready. But I, I think really the the, the the important part is is about the the improvement and continuing and, and just developing and designing. So, you know. For sure. And uh, I know we're going over a little bit here, but let's just go through a couple of tips and tricks. I think the first one you wrote down here makes so much sense. Um, And it is actually write down notes. (laughs) Um, Even if you have your own notepad there, um, or if you have a means, if you can print out little comment cards, um, get that from people. Or as people are playing, just like have a notebook and say, hey, like this thing happened. It's a long day. It's a long weekend. You're going to forget things. Take the time to write things down. And getting feedback is a big point. So um there there are some resources online i and and i'll try to find them and point people to them but it's one of the toughest things and i continue to struggle at it um but knowing how to get good feedback is very important so make sure not to prime Mm -hmm. after your your play test and say like like oh you know i I know yeah that was so great like and like tell me all those (laughs) good things but then also make sure not to prime the other way and say like ah you know it was just a prototype it's you know don't worry it'll be so much better but like because I think that yeah, that's that's a that very also good point. connotates um, a, a type of feedback that you're you're going to get. So more than anything, you want to ask a question, but you just want to listen. Um, and it's almost yes. even better if like someone else like starts the talking and questions, and you kind of let that flow a little bit um, versus mm-hmm. you directing questions. Um, because I think that's um, yeah. You, you, you want someone to tell the truth and you don't want them to feel pressured to to have to tell the truth, right? Or to, to tell something like that yeah. that's not true. Yeah, because some people might have a hard time saying mean, yeah. I don't say mean things, but negative things to you in person. So I think having an like a, like a anonymous note thing isn't the worst, but at the same time, like even if you just like, when it's finished, just say thoughts and leave it at that. And like, leave it open. Don't just say, yeah. oh, what do you think about this? Or... Um, if you're looking for a specific thing, like yeah, ask that. Say, hey, what did you think about this part of the game? Because if that's the what you're looking for and you feel like everything else is solid, right. don't be afraid to do that. But at the same time, um, don't just be like, oh, what did you think about this part of the game? I'm really trying yeah. to work on it. And I don't think these things that work are this. Like, give them the time yeah. to answer so those questions. Here, here's a quick example. We're going to play Planet Unknown. There are six modules, um, six ways you score. They all need to feel powerful. They all need to feel like... Um, but, but they also do not like cannot feel like they're imbalanced. So I think one of the biggest points of feedback that I'm going to get is to just to ask, what was the most powerful faction or the most powerful color, uh, and and just record that mm-hmm. like for scoring and and yeah. 
like you're not going to be taking all that information away from one game, but maybe over three, four, five, ten games, a sample size that, that makes some sense. You're going to start to pull out. Yeah, if everyone in all games right. say the same thing, then you go, maybe that is the most powerful thing. And it, is that it good or is that bad? It might not be the most right? powerful, but it might be perceived power. So, I mean, those are things you got to think about as, as a Correct. designer. But um, Okay, so another one. So, um, so prepare to make a change to your game and try it again. So, uh, make sure that yeah, you have you some extra supplies right, with you so you can um, change some values or add a new type of yep. card, um, stuff like that. You know, take some... Take, take the feedback that you get, try to implement it. Like sometimes you just open your mind to new ideas and all of a sudden you, you unleash um, just so much more fun in the game. Yep, for sure. I mean, they, you, a lot of these places they have like, oh, here's a stack of cards and go grab some cards and write on them and say, okay, now this is this yeah, card. Yeah, the Madison one, shot. the Game Crafters right? in Madison. So we're pretty lucky because they just bring a boatload of supplies and say, you know, hey, free if, if you paid yep. to get in and... Um, you can literally make probably, you know, multiple games with all the supplies, but it's just, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Um, so be okay with changing your game, but Obviously, changing that's on the fly. Happen. That's the point. Um, so like even if yes, mid game, Oh, mid game. Um, I get what you're saying. If, if something's just yep. not going, this well, isn't working. Let's nobody's try this. doing a certain thing. Double the yep. value. Say like, Hey, just so you know, guys, instead of getting three victory points for this thing, now you get 10 or like now you get six, you know, and see if yep. they go and do it. Yeah, and that's a really interesting thing because you can see like you, you can see a group of people going, "Oh, I don't know about this," and then like their attitude changed because you did that, and that's yep. very important feedback. Um, be prepared to mingle and play games with multiple groups of people, so it's very easy to get kind of set in your like, "Hey, I play play with like four or five different people, and we'll all share all of our games." Mm-hmm. But then you're gonna get like kind of some really stagnant feedback. So you you want to get a lot of opinions. Just just utilize the resources in the room. There are hunt like. At the Madison one and the Minnesota one, there's like hundreds of people. So 100 to 200 people. Yeah. Um, I think it it ranges based on where, what protospiel you're in, but just make sure you rotate around. And like a good thing to do that is like after lunch, sit in a different spot. After dinner, sit in a different spot. And like that's just kind of a natural way to, to yep. ebb and flow. To different, yep. Go out, get some exactly. food, sit down somewhere else. Um, and I think the last one here is a big one that you mentioned. Um, if you're in the, this position, yep. bring a business card. Like... You're going to mingle. You want to connect to people. You want to share your information. You want to um, be able to connect long term or at least um, say, hey, can I add you on Facebook? And then yeah. <laughs> go and do and, that. And right if away. you are going to the Madison one, we will connect. be recording some pitches. So uh, find us. Um, I'm not sure when we're going to do it, but we'll it, it's not super formal, but we'll either like. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the logistics. Yeah, we really want to be able to just like grab some video and maybe put it on our YouTube channel and say, hey, here's yep. some really cool and pitches. It's a good, it's a good time and place to just say, hey, like, well, I, made, I worked all this. Well, I worked so hard on this prototype. Like, let's see what I have to offer now, right? Um, and put it in a video content. So now, now you yep. can actually send it. You can see how you looked. You can change your pitch if you need to and make it better. And then you can also send it out to other publishers that are excited about your game. So um, a win, 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 and another maybe fourth win in there somewhere. So. Yep, win, 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 win. Um, so awesome. Well, thank you for everyone for listening. Um, that was our episode on Pro Spiel. But hopefully, um, if you're in the Midwest area, we'll see you there. Say yep. hi if you And uh, um, we will make be it. recruiting more, I guess, printed cool. and shippers. We, we, need, we need to figure out a name for the audience, like people that are excited about our shippers. Ship, yeah, shippers. We're not printers. They're shippers, we're shippers. right? Because they're shipping shippers. the games. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, they're shippers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, captain, boat captain. They're ca- I don't okay. know. We'll, we'll get there. All right. 
Look at me. I'm the captain now. Um, well, thanks, everyone. Um, Adam at adamsapplegames.com. Check us out on Facebook. Yeah, okay, you know all cool. the things. Check them. Cool. cool. Thanks, everyone. Check them.